I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, everybody out there. Hello. Hi. 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 From the Shameless Sex Headquarters, also known as April's House and Amy's House. (laughs) Also known as little tiny boxes of looking at each other face to face. Usually we sit all cozy on a couch at Amy's house with our dogs hating each other. Oh, they're learning to love each other, especially during this time when we go on our six feet away walks. They're, 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 They're learning. They're learning to love. Yeah, my isolation has been... It has its up, it's ebb, it's ebb and flow. <laughs> My name's Ebb, your flow, Amy. And oh, call me flow and flow. And uh, it's just has its ups and downs, peaks and valleys. Yeah. I go through some days, like I think Thursday and Friday last week and, and Saturday, we uh, had like really nice moments together in my house and then me having some individual nice moments. But I have to say it's some days like yesterday was not, was not amazing. I was all low and yeah. bad. I think that it's not only like day to day, but it's minute to minute. I sent out an email, ow, my dog's biting my finger, um, to some folks in our newsletter list talking about that, about how like one minute I'm like, I'm seeing all the silver linings. I'm optimistic and super positive. And then the next minute I'm like, holy fuck, are we going to make it out of this? You know, it's just... I, I think it's it's like that for a lot of folks. And um, we talked about this on in my Hakomi training. I'm uh, an assistant for the upcoming training that's now online. How we're all in collective trauma. That that the whole world is going through this collective trauma, and it's a really um, scary time. Slash, just it's a roller coaster. It's, it's all over the place, and yeah. there's not one perfect way to navigate that. And but but the the beauty is. We're kind of in it all together, yet yet there's a weird isolation part. We're in it together, but we're alone. So it's just, it's very confusing. It is confusing. And then you also hear of uh, some of my friends are hanging out with certain friends and they're not hanging out with me. And then at the same time, I'm like, look, you can't judge anyone for their, for their choices. And at the same time, some, you know, part of me is like, Hey, what's going on? Do they think I'm at the Corona? And I'm like, well, that's not you're dirty. Cool. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what's, what's the deal here? And I just have to remember that everyone has their, their own little isms and preferences and in their process. Uh, in their process. Yeah. Yes. And we're lucky in Santa Cruz, there's been what, 104 cases, two deaths since the beginning. We're one of the lower counties, all of, and that's in our county, yeah. not even in just our, our little city here. Yeah. So we are way ahead of the curve and I feel lucky. And I still, uh, I like to give the gratitude to all of the people that are actually essential workers and that are not forced, but they are needed right now and to be out there and risking their lives, risking getting sick. And I hope that you all, if you are one of those folks and you're listening to this right now, thank you for the work that you're doing and know that you are appreciated and it doesn't go unseen. And uh, we hope that you all stay healthy and happy and sexy. Hope Mm -hmm. you're getting the sexy time. I've, I've struggled with that too, feeling Tap, like tapping into my my sexuality with even within my partner and the intimacy has been challenging like I've had to like force it on some level like kind of make myself I'm like no I, because I'm eating more now I'm not exercising as much as I used to so I'm not feeling like super like yeah let's do this I'm like kind of exhausted and it sounds nicer to cuddle in bed and you know and listen to my my sleep story on the call map than it is to uh to get sick time 
Maybe that's what you need, though. And and in this podcast, Eve Minax talks about how the other day she uh, wasn't feeling sexy, but knows that she needs to be connected to her sexuality in terms of being connected to her aliveness. And so she just kind of forced herself to have a self-pleasuring masturbation session. And and it was helpful. And so sometimes I think to be it's helpful for us to push ourselves because we you know it was like oh I just want to resort to sitting on the couch and eating some chips and watching Netflix sure that serves a time and place of course especially right now and I think that a lot of us are finding ourselves kind of stuck in that and it's harder to make the more challenging choice of embodiment and self-care but we really are needing that well my partner is more of a morning sex human and I'm more of an evening sex human so it's so funny to kind of figure out when we can sync up and, and align sexually. And it just differs from day to day. Because in the morning, I'm like, don't touch me. Don't look at me. I just want to cuddle with my dog and <laughs> not get out there in the world. So it's a compromise. And it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a give and it's a take. And it's a, give and a, it's, it's a giving and a receiving, I should say, instead of a take. So anyway, enough about that, Amy. Hey. Hey, guess what, Chip? What? Earth Day is this week. I love Earth Day. Earth Day. So, Earth Day. Has anyone else, y'all can't answer me, has anyone else noticed how clean the air feels? How happy the wildlife is at this time? I have two owls that are living in a redwood tree outside of my house. I live in, in the city, you know, of Santa Cruz, in a residential neighborhood. But there's two owls now singing their owl songs. The other day I was walking down oh, adorable. a busy street and there was a huge blue heron just walking down the street, just doing it. I heard thing. coyotes last night outside of my, my house chirping away. They have that little chirp. It was, I've never heard it before. And it was the middle of the night. I don't know what time it was, but it was really cool. It was beautiful. And legend was like all on, on a point. And I was like, bro, you will get eaten in yeah. like a millisecond. And you're like, not even an appetizer. You're like a snack. <laughs> don't even try you are one little bite uh, yeah yeah and i think there's a, there's a beauty happening right now with the earth where there's a lot of ways where the earth is like woo! finally less cars on the road less action less humans out and about and so there's more room and spaciousness although more consumption of plastic goods. well i was just going to say that because one of my biggest i guess hang-ups with this whole the virus portion of it is the 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 now like the lacking of being able to use anything that is uh the reusable bags our reusable cutlery that you have right you, you didn't you just get oh, a yeah, reusable I, got a, I have a whole in my purse yeah <laughs> and now it's all becoming disposable again and i just want to encourage people if you can at your house reuse things that maybe like your Ziploc bags instead of using them once. And then because recycling is great, but it's expensive and it's not necessarily as great for the environment as people think, right? It's actually reusing is the key to reducing our waste. So if you just the littlest, tiniest things, if you can shift and try to reuse those, I reuse any glass container that I, that I get from like, if I buy jelly or if I buy honey, I rinse that out. I, and I reuse that for uh, any leftovers. And that's, that's like a small thing too. And the Ziploc bags though, I've refused to buy Ziploc bags, by the way, for probably the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I usually either wrap those in the, in the little paper. Have you ever seen those little paper sandwich bags mm -hmm. that I, I either use those or I like a Tupperware I just, or, or aluminum foil or a, definitely a Tupperware, but sometimes you just, it just won't fit. So I don't know, reusing the Ziploc bags if you're a Ziploc bag buyer. And I know this, this podcast is not about environmentalism. We can all do our part, just a small little part. And I studied environmental law and hence yeah. the reason I'm, I'm uh, always trying to push for great things. I used to plant trees every Earth Day and volunteer to clean up beaches. Oh, that's sweet. Well, you could... Still do that now that our beaches are reopened here. So you can go and clean up some garbage. My, uh, whenever we go out into nature, my, my partner, when he sees garbage, he always picks it up. He always leaves. I think his rule is like you pick up three or five pieces or something. I don't know. Uh, but I like that. It's also really sexy to me. I'm like, that's really sexy. You picking up that garbage. I want to fuck you even more I used now. to pick up <laughs> cigarette butts at the beach because oh. they would drive me so crazy. So I just pick up. And I mean, that's probably the dirtiest thing you can possibly pick up people's mouths I just I never cared I thought no one else would do it so anyways so sex question everyone 
I am a woman in a fairly new relationship with a woman. We have great sex, but recently she disclosed that she is into S&M and I am not at all. I am a survivor of sexual trauma and S&M at this, at any level, just triggers too many painful emotions for me. I have told her, and I truly mean this, that she can go outside of our relationship for that experience with other women. But now I'm finding myself feeling really unsure of our sex. Like, how do I not feel like it will be boring or not fulfilling her needs now that I know what she really likes? I am suddenly very self-conscious of what I like and it not meeting her needs. This is complicated by the current state in, in place orders. We stay in place orders. We live two hours apart and she's an ER doctor. So we haven't seen each other in about a month. And we're not exactly sure when we will see each other. So I have plenty of time to worry about this. Anyway, I love to hear your thoughts. God, don't we all have plenty of time to worry too much right now? <laughs> Dude, and I can only imagine I would be in the same space. I would be obsessing over kind of my worthiness and oh my god are they out fulfilling every single desire that's a hard it's hard because you just get into your head right totally and I'm not hearing so so that that the partner said I'm into S&M I'm not hearing they said that that's the only thing that they're into though right it's like hey I I'm it sounds like they're sharing hey here's something I'm into but it's not unless they were missing that little piece of information they're not saying I'm not reading that this is the only thing I'm into and uh, or this is like the ultimate thing I'm into it's just like here's something I'm interested in um, so my first thought is I'm wondering um, how helpful it is to now that you know this information to think that it's kind of like the end all that if you're not because and here's the other thing we can't meet everyone's needs. Like we just, we just don't, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's very rare to be able to do that. And so there's plenty of stuff that all of us are going to go through with partners where we're going to be into something that they might not be into. Um, And if it's just an aspect of who your partner is as a sexual being, yet they're still into other things that don't involve S&M, then I think it's okay okay for you to not be able to meet that there. In fact, you already negotiated. You're like, hey, well, thank you for sharing that with me. Not my jam. I have sexual trauma. It doesn't really do, sit well with me. And I'd love for you to still get those needs met. And, and so the fear of being boring and kind of not enough in the sex that you have, that is anxiety stuff. That's like, you, this person knows I've been thinking too much. And that's you taking time to think about all these things and all conjure up all these stories about worst case scenario instead of talking to your partner about it. So my advice, your first step, talk to them about those fears. I have this fear that I'm not going to be enough. You know, that there's this big part of you that, that you want to fulfill that I can't meet. And that's really scary for me. Um, you know, what is it like for you? Are you really disappointed? Do you feel like that's going to affect our connection? You might discover that they're like, no, not at all. And I think it's awesome. You gave me permission to go be intimate with other people. And I love you. And there's so much more. There's so much here that we can connect on. And, you know, if it comes to a point where I'm feeling unfulfilled, I'll let you know. But it's just, it's to me, it just seems more like these are the opportunities to speak to the fears that are coming up in that time of too, having too many thoughts on your own. Yeah, I think that's really, really great advice, Amy. And I was wondering when I was reading this question, if she's actually shared with her partner and if she wants to even share, but maybe some of the, uh, the, the fear out of being a victim of the sexual trauma, or I'm sorry, I should say the survivor of the sexual trauma, right? Because I think perhaps if, if they can get to a point where, um, they can feel vulnerable with each other or she can feel vulnerable enough to share that stuff. Maybe that would even bring them closer together and maybe it would heal an aspect of the, the stuff that's going on where um, I don't know, it could bring them to another level. Not necessarily that she's going to be ready to try S and M maybe if ever, but maybe just that information would, would uh, help uh, the other person understand where she's coming from. And maybe she already has shared. It doesn't really say, and that would be awesome too. And maybe she can also do some work outside of the relationship on uh, kind of talking to a therapist or going through some, some, some work with professional to help uh, tap into some of that stuff. I mean, there's, there's obviously so many options out there right now for, for people that can help, whether it's 
obviously in the coronavirus stuff, the, the sexual, the sexological body workers, just therapists in general or trauma specialists, trauma specialists. There's so many folks out there that are, are really great at helping folks work through their, their past traumas. And, um, yeah, and that's probably a huge thing. And, And I'm sure it's a huge thing in other aspects of her sex life too. And I want to honor this person for honoring their no. Like if they have a hard no to anything that has to do with SM, then you, then that needs to be honored because you got to tend to you, especially if you're a survivor of sexual trauma. And um, I, there might be room. We I think we talk about this in this podcast with Eve Minax, who's a professional dominatrix, domina, um, and and kink educator. I think we talk about the ways that um, you can actually use uh, use SM in in a way to take back the power that you didn't have in sexual trauma too. I think we go in it. We record this podcast like a month or two ago, so I'm not hundred percent sure, but it might look more like you being the one in charge, you know, in, in what happens as well. You being the one to determine everything that, that what happens X, Y, Z, all of the touch and the interactions. Um, and maybe it's not on the table for you, but just sounds like if you're asking about the, the fears of um, not being enough, um, that's just those things we see they grow when we just get, continue to think those and not share them um, and amplify. And they can really dissipate, dissipate when we're heard in our vulnerability with a partner that can hold that for us. And it's not you telling them anything what, what to do other than here's what's coming up for me. So yeah, um, yeah thank you for, for sending in this question. Um, I'm sure a, a lot of folks can really, even if it's not S&M, to just having a partner that has some interest that you really feel like you cannot meet. Um, and, and that's just uh, part of, relationship and working together so absolutely great question and great great for them for taking the initiative and sharing with us all right bio should we get to the bio all right y'all here we go professional domina kink educator and pleasure artist eve minax delights in proliferating carnal knowledge learning and practicing BDSM from Chicago to Paris to Melbourne and now local to San Francisco. Manax is also certified urban tantrika and a bondage practitioner and trainer. She has self-produced over 100 videos and shoots for many great bondage sites and she currently trains up and coming dominatrixes and those who wish to deepen their work. To learn more, visit mistressmanax.com. I'm going to spell it for you. It's M-I-S-T-R-E-S-S-M-I-N-A-X dot com. But first... You all know how particular we are about our sponsors because we want to bring you only the best and we love Manscaped. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for you or your man's family jewels. Please don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. Check out the Lawnmower 3.0 instead. Keep your goods trimmed and oh so smooth and you'll want to stare at yourself in the mirror for hours. If you love the D just as much as we do, then why not keep your goods nice and fresh? Try the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver so your balls won't get sweaty, smelly, or sticky. Just fresh, beautiful balls for you and anyone going down under to enjoy. And Manscaped is giving Shameless Sex listeners 20% off plus free shipping. Just use the code SHAMELESS at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping with code SHAMELESS at manscaped.com. Thank you so much, Manscaped, for making our sex lives better. And now back to the show. All right, everyone, it is episode time once again. And this episode we have... Oh, it's Eve Minax, right? It is Minax? Yes. Okay. Because yes. whenever you see like the, someone right with, I forgot to, I mean, I've met you in person. I've seen your workshops and things, but when you see like an AX, you're like, wait, is it like, is there like a, fren- a French pronunciation of this? Is there like silence? <laughs> um, so what would be the French pronunciation? Minox? Well, yeah, Minol. I don't know. <laughs> Minol. Yeah. Actually, that, yeah, the French would say like Minox. Yeah, Minox. Yes. Well, yeah. It, Eve Minax here. We're all on, on Zoom. It's the new technology here. I mean, we'd be recording with Eve on Zoom anyways, but now April and I are from afar. So um, as we've said on past podcasts, we're changing with the times. Uh, Eve, we're super excited to have you here. And we are excited to dive into the world of kink and BDSM in relationships. We always like to start these episodes with a question uh, is, how did you get to be 
to where you are today working in the world of kink, relationships, sex, sexuality. Yeah, thanks for asking that. Um, well, it's not a one little path journey, basically. I was just talking to a friend of mine about this earlier, about how I was, uh, you know, the girl on the playground who would protect the other girls from the boys beating them up by beating up all the boys. And then the boys really liked me for doing that for some reason and would give me little gifts and trinkets and try to take my traffic guard shift. And uh, so, you know, it's like uh, <clears throat> nature versus nurture. Uh, I think that some of us uh, naturally have kind of a, a protector, I would say, a, a persona and also uh, advocate for the weak and women are traditionally seen as weak. So female dominance, uh, has its own sort of, uh, uh, role reversing, if you will. Uh, and I think that it's really important to help empower women to become stronger people, uh, and in the realm of sexuality for sure. So long story short, always had those kinds of interests, those, uh, those, uh, personality type, and then I had deep interests that over the years, uh, I was able to eventually start to explore those interests in places like France, actually, mm -hmm. and then also in Australia, uh, where sex work is legal. So, well, in Victoria, that is. Um, so I was able to explore it in a more uh, accessible uh, facet and then moved back to the States and uh, was able to continue that work uh, here. Mm -hmm. That's I mean, that's kind of a, it's, a, it's kind of a synopsis, like super, super short. There's all kinds of stories around that. Oh yeah. It's, it's like an elevator pitch. You're like, here it is because we don't have two days of podcasting, right? Well, we could, but it's always funny when you find something that you, that resonates with you and it becomes your world and your life. And it's mm -hmm. not funny. Ha ha. It's funny. Like, Oh, I meant to do this. So, uh, I, I I'm really excited to have a conversation with you more about like the Menax method and also mm -hmm. more like diving deeper into BDSM kink in relationships. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would, and please tell us about the Menax method. I keep wanting to say Minot too, Minot's <laughs> method. Um, <laughs> what does this look like? What is, what does this entail? Um, well, first, I just want to go back really quickly, if I may, to say that I, um, uh, th these explorations in my life, like I was an English teacher. I was a professor at a university. I love teaching. I still to this day love teaching. Teaching uh, BDSM is one of my uh, all-time favorite things uh, to practice because it's so important uh, to lifting the veil of obscurity or... Um, these sort of uh, one-dimensional views of what BDSM looks like, you know, the classic dominatrix walking around with her, with her whip, just cracking the whip left and right and do as I say, a little worm, uh, which can be fun, of course, but that's not at all what it's all about. So, so breaking those uh, stereotypes open and teaching people how to really access their libidinal desires in a variety of different means is very important. Um, so the teaching part that is how the Minex method came about for me. Um, I've been teaching SM or BDSM for um, uh, over 20 years. Uh, and that drive to teach is really what compelled me to do so. Also, at the time, there weren't a lot of teachers out there. There were, there were professionals and then there were some conferences uh, where there were practitioners, uh, private players who would, who would teach at conferences. But uh, really, BDSM and education was not coalescing uh, much before, I would say, Cléo Dubois, who uh, started the uh, Academy of SM Arts here in San Francisco. And I took the very first class, even though I'd been working uh, professionally for a few years. And um, we hit it off. And she started the, the, the Academy with um, Sybil Holiday. And uh, when Sybil's health started declining, they asked me to step up and, and start uh, teaching. So I was in Chicago at the time and I, and I, and I kept coming out here to, to teach and eventually moved out to San Francisco. Um, so the Minex method is a long time coming. There's all kinds of different areas where in I pull from. So another thing in childhood is I remember thinking very distinctly around the age of eight, that if I wanted to wear pants or jeans so badly, 
there must be a boy out there who wanted to wear a dress just as badly. You know what I mean? It just made sense to me. So gender, sexuality, all of those things that are the core of our being and then teaching that. So I, I've done theater, I've done teaching, and I've done all of these things in more sort of what people call vanilla contexts. But for me, sexuality and libidinal desires uh, is part of our, our core makeup, like uh, Havelock Ellis would, would, would discuss, right? And so for me, that's where I'm interested the most. That's where I get the most passion out of. Mm-hmm. So you want to hear more about the Minix method? Sorry, I, yeah. I went off on one of my well, little tangents. No, that's you, a great read, introduction. And I read what you wrote about it. You said it's a, a non-method method. So I'm so curious about <laughs> what, what that exactly what that means. Uh, well, what that means mostly is that it's a non-method method in the sense of, I'm not going to say, here are the five ways to make you the best uh, uh, kinkster you're ever going to be. I can do that. And I can tell you those five ways, but at the same time, you are you and your circumstances and your situations are going to vary. So humans are not boxable. In general, you can give them like, I know, you know, you might want to start here and then you want to create this structure and then you want to have that balance. But there are so many variations that, that I, it, it sort of... Um, behooves me to, 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 to bring out the variables, the, the, the possibilities. Like, it, you know, it's not like, here, let me give you these five steps and you'll be the perfect person. I like to do things like, hey, here's how you set up a scene. Now what happens when shit falls apart? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, hey, you, 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 you know, I used to always, or I always do in my classes when I teach, when I teach a live demo, I oftentimes use demos uh, demo models, per- people who want to participate, um, who I've never, ever met or played with before. And the reason why I do this is because I like to do a live negotiation with the class or with the person in front of the class so that the, the, the class uh, audience can see that and see how it can actively go south really quickly or not. And then show them how I troubleshoot those situations. And then the same thing as we go along in play whoever I'm negotiating, whoever I'm using as a demo, as I go along and play with them, same thing. I can use anything that kind of doesn't quite work as a teachable moment because anybody can show you how to like tie a person's arms, but uh, what happens when that person's arms get tied and then they're reminded of a time in childhood where they were abused while having their arms tied and they forgot and they didn't think of it ahead of time. And now here you are with a person who's having a flashback. You can't think about these things ahead of time on your own. So that's why I think a good teacher or, you know, a teacher who, like myself, who wants to really think about the myriad of possibilities instead of just saying, here, one, two, three, four, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. Mm. It's not a one size fits all approach at all. Exactly. As is with, I mean, all things with sexuality too, that there's... Yeah, these ideas that there should just be, you know, one simple tool that works for each and every one in all scenarios. So I like that, that there's, it, it sounds, I like that, you know, the word like blueprint, you know, it's like a, like a map or something where you kind of figure out what exactly works for you. Choose um, your own adventure, right? Yeah, Choose your own books. adventure. So yeah, the Minex method um, currently a, is a compilation of seven uh, classes, seven day long classes that are broken into three segments. So you still have structure. It's not like there's <laughs> lack of structure. People think that with improv, it's like, oh, anything goes. But actually improv is you, stru- you work, 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 work. You get all the structure, you get all the uh, exercises, and then you do the improv. And improv is my specialty. And that's why I also specialize on this sort of non-method method. method. It's it's improvisation, if you will, but it's also based on structure. So I do have a structure, but within that structure, the participants will grow within their needs and their wants and their desires. And and I'll cover a myriad of of possibilities starting from... uh, you know, how to, how to start your, how to build your scene, how to create your scene, how to talk to your partner, how to, how to set the scene up, um, psychological, uh, 
getting into the person's mind, learning to, the powers of observation and, and how to utilize them. There will be actual skills in there as well, uh, because skills are things you can kind of do in one, two, three, and then you get to create your own fun from that. And then I like to really uh, focus on guided journeys. So I like to call them mummification vacation or animal alchemy or gender journeys uh, using a, a lot of different skill sets, uh, including um, guided visualization or erotic hypnosis, if you will, uh, bondage and other things. Mm. And so this is something that how do you, so how do you deliver the Minex method? Are you writing a book? Is this something that people do individual sessions with you to learn how to do this? Well, before COVID-19, um, I had organized a, a set of uh, uh, a series of workshops here in the Bay Area um, for participants to 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 take and then, um, you know, have the full complete method at the end. And during those, I was going to be uh, doing some recording and then compiling that information to create a book perhaps, and then start doing webinar work on it. Mm -hmm. But uh, it appears as though I need to start doing the webinars first Mm -hmm. and then uh, going into the live workshopping when we're all capable of, of being out there together again. Hopefully soon, Eve. I hope that's very soon. Uh, I would love to ask you um, about, because I love this, not that there's not a one size fits all approach. And some folks might be triggered by even the idea of like, I don't think I I can be kinky. If you ask someone if they're kinky, they're like, no, or someone maybe thinks they're super vanilla. And uh, I, I would love to talk about how BDSM in that sense, or in, in the general sense can facilitate growth for humans and whether it's um and there's some like great words here like transparency and connection but what do you think about that how can how can bdsm facilitate some personal growth well you did use a couple of buzz buzzwords and of course transparency and connection are also overused terms unfortunately um i've noticed that a lot of people think that 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 transparency is telling someone everything down to the uh, every last minutia of detail and that's to me more of a fetish if you want to do that but 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 being honest and upfront about what's important in a timely fashion is another but also having that that compassion for for your partner uh when they don't or when you don't when you screw up because we're all going to screw up and you have to have a lot of uh self-compassion as well like hey I made a mistake and, and I'm sorry. So how, how, how shall we proceed? Which is more so about connection. When I ask general people, because I do this podcast and we've had kink episodes and this is what came to my mind. And I'm sorry if I tied it into the question because I was linking it in my own brain. Okay. Uh, and perhaps it's not related in, in, in how you would relate to it. But like you talk about kink and you mentioned how it's, it's not a one size fits all approach, especially the Menax method, right? It's, there's some something different for everyone. And I feel like people sometimes they think like, I won't listen to this episode because I'm not kinky or they want more information. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was, that sort of tied in for me, the personal growth portion, because personal Mm -hmm. growth is something I think every human hopefully desires. So um, wondering how BDSM can facilitate personal growth, even for the layman who doesn't think they're kinky or for the super kinky folks that are super into BDSM. That was sort of what I was going with. Sorry, Absolutely. I, I, I no, didn't no, that's direct great. it properly. That's great. That's great. Um, to, to, to respond to the first part of your, your question, I just want to say that I don't like to use the term vanilla. Um, I kind of wouldn't even want to use the term kinky if I, if I, if I didn't have to. Um, I think that we are all quite capable of uh, any number of approaches to our sexuality. I usually use the analogy of uh, soup. You know, there are some people who really just like consomme. They just like their broth. And then there are others who are like, yeah, I like a little chicken noodle and, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, every other Friday some minestrone. And some people are like, yeah, yeah I want to mix it up. I might even have clam chowder for breakfast, you know, with some gazpacho in the afternoon. Whoa, it's a variety. So how much variety do you absolutely, uh, are you absolutely uncomfortable with? And how much variety are you absolutely comfortable with? That's what I, to me, it's a variety right? 
So a person like myself, I like to shake it up quite a bit. You know, I'm the gazpacho uh, at midnight and maybe the clam chowder at noon, you know, and I might even throw some Parmesan on top just to see how that tastes. Some um, peanut butter in there too. Why not? <laughs> why not? Exactly, exactly. But, and, and I would say that, that most people who think they only like consomme might be really surprised when, you know, you throw a, some chicken uh, slices in there with some scallions and some ginger, and they're like, oh, I never thought of that before. And that was actually quite pleasant. I think I could enjoy that. And that might be then their only one thing that they enjoy for the rest of their lives. But they might also go like, hey, now that I've tried a little chicken with scallion and ginger, perhaps I would try that with the beef-based consomme. You know, like, they start getting a little bit more curious and more active in their curiosity. I think, unfortunately, because we live in a, 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 a puritanical society, um, and no matter how free and open Americans like to think they are about sexuality, let's face it, it's mm-hmm. a puritanical society. And uh, so they feel really uncomfortable about that variety. I've, I've, I've talked to a lot of people over the years who are like, well, um, I might be a little bit kinky, but uh, I, I just don't want to, I don't want to exercise that because I don't want to become like a wild person, you know, <laughs> like has to, has to have her vibrator or, or whatever it is that they, they're associating with this addiction mentality instead of understanding that you can have variety and you can have, you can, you can sate your, your desires. You can, you can have pleasure and not have to be some like, raging you know it reminds me of that the that great old movie reefer madness you know where like everybody's like zombies must have my reefer you know? it's, like, <laughs> it's not like that man if it were like that then you know in fact the people who are the most uh sexually criminal are the ones who have probably been extremely removed from from their desires okay time for a quick break This podcast is made possible by OMGS.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made tasteful and inspiring short videos to show you techniques on how to pleasure yourself or another vulva. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and has changed their lives. So for all you vulva owners or vulva lovers out there who may already be having good orgasms and you want to take it to the next level, or perhaps you want to explore more variety in your playtime, OMGS will have something just for you. With two seasons, one all about internal and the other all about external techniques, it's better than any book or DVD money can buy. To learn more, visit OMGS.com backslash shameless. Our listeners get $5 off. Check it out. This podcast was also made possible by Uberlube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant great for all kinds of sex. It's less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes. And there are hundreds of doctors who recommend Uberlube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks who are experiencing dryness. You never knew lube could be this good. So whether you're an avid lube lover or you've never used lube before, Uber Lube is right for you. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on the body. Uber Lube has endless uses. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth right before an oral sex session, and it totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's gorgeous. It's totally discreet and looks more like a beautiful cosmetic product, so you can even leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com. Use code SHAMELESSSEX and you get 10% off and free shipping. That's uberlube.com. Go check it out. And now back to the show. Yeah, there's that sh- the, the shame and the you know, the oppression and things that can lead to more more so of uh, almost like an um, not enraged but like enlarged. Yeah, it just it, I mean that's that's where that's why we have a podcast called Shameless Sex because we're aware of that. We're aware that um, by by folks feeling like they need to hide who they are, um, and a lot of people don't even know who they are too. Like what they might be interested in, they don't think that it's safe to explore it, or they they do have their interest, but it's not something that they feel is acceptable it's not normal and then Mm -hmm. that's when the crazy shit can start happening where it comes like it can kind of be like leaky energy you know people still have these internal desires as to like 
who they really are. And like you're saying, it's fluid. It's constantly changing. And some people might just like the Parmesan. Some people might want the peanut butter and the Parmesan. Mm-hmm. And it's the folks who say, I want peanut butter with my Parmesan, but it's not okay. So I'm going to pretend like I don't want that, but it still is eating away at you inside mm-hmm. and affecting mm-hmm. your everyday life and your way of, of living this like expansive, fulfilled life. So I like that. I, I like what, how you're expressing that. Um, and I think that's really important. So on that, that note, I mean, that's exactly where personal growth happens, right? So, you know, I'm using this analogy of soup and soup seems really banal, but it's nourishing and it's also providing you with uh, pleasure. And when we deny ourselves our sexual pleasure, we are uh, not nurturing our, our libido and our, 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 our happiness. Um, so personal growth comes about when one is able to look at oneself and see where uh, desire lies, how that's being uh, manifest in one's life. Is it being done in a way that, that is hurting or harming others? If it's not, then why are we depriving ourselves of joy and pleasure when we could be exploring those avenues as ways of, of, of helping ourselves be more buoyant and happier and healthier human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, um, some writing, and, and I've discussed this a lot in the past. I call, I've called myself for many, many years a psychic waste manager. And what I mean by that is when I'm working with people sort of hands-on, I'm helping them eradicate that shame or become comfortable to familiarize themselves with that shame in a way that's, hey, it's not just okay, this is a celebration of my joy. If my joy is to wear a fireman's hat and, you know, uh, get spanked on the ass while quacking like a duck, and it's not harming anyone, then I should be able to attain that joy without shame. Unless, of course, shame is your erotic Colonel, um, uh, if it's if it's your if, if it's your erotic emotion that drives you, and then in which case then you play with shame. Mm-hmm. It's like humiliation play and things mm-hmm. like that. We've had yeah, we've done some podcast episodes on that as well. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to another question that we have here is you talking about eradicating shame. What are some of the techniques that you use as a professional to eradicate shame? Well, I already mentioned the first one, which is um, sort of uh, familiarization. So oftentimes people will um, they'll just want to talk about uh, their interests or their curiosities. And just being able to talk about it in a way where they're not going to be, um, ew, what's that? Or why are you thinking, you know, like being held like at a distance, it can be very, very healing. And for some people... That's plenty. Um, for others, they want to slowly start to explore that. And sometimes they say, you know, oh, I want to explore this thing. Say it's just simply some bondage with uh, um, some uh, spanking, we'll, we'll, we'll say. And, um, and yet they may not be ready for that. So we go slowly, right? It's like, okay, well, let's just start with a little bit of light spanking and not worry about the bondage just yet. So you just go slowly until the person gets more and more familiar and more and more comfortable. And then they're like, hey, I feel really comfortable with this right now. I'm ready to move to the next step. It's not rocket science, but at the same time, I think that more relationships have had uh, problems when they go to explore things like um, kink, BDSM, uh, polyamory, uh, uh, and, and uh, gender play or, or, or transitioning when they go from zero to 60. It's like, oh, honey, I want to be a man. Sorry, I know we, I thought we were going to be a lesbian couple all these years and here I am. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Slow this down a little bit. Like, you know, hey, I've been having some thoughts. This is how I'd like. So having professional services to help people navigate through these really tricky uh, areas can be extraordinarily uh, helpful for their personal growth and also to, to 
help them not rupture relationships poorly. I, I, I teach another class um, called The Fuck is Swifter Than the Cry, Cry, Raping with Intent and Care, which is about violation play or rape play. Um, I know those are not uh, 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 sort of... Uh, acceptable terms any longer so I'm willing to rename that class but that that was the original name of it and what came about in that class was I usually start my my classes by talking about how the class came about and I said you know people would come to me and they really wanted to have these scenarios where they had consensual non-consent or violation play or rape play whatever language you want to use for it um but they either had situations with partners uh, or sometimes with strangers, which makes sense, of course, where they went terribly wrong. And oftentimes these people were also uh, victims of some type of sexual abuse or assault and their partners didn't understand how they were wanting to relive it in a way that was more empowering than disempowering. And I came out as a, child uh, victim of uh, a survivor of childhood sexual assault myself through teaching this class and I didn't even know I was going to end up doing it um, because I wanted people to understand that what made me such a good top was having survived all of that in childhood I knew how to provide that for another person in a manner in which would empower them rather than disempower so instead of replicating the the harm we're bringing the person back to the trauma in a, in a powerful and sexually pleasurable way. And that's when they're ready for that too. I, they're obviously the people that are participating that have the trauma. They're attending a class in hopes of maybe not healing those wounds, but perhaps identifying with the, the, the things that could trigger them. I'm, I'm, I'm making an assumption here. So you can tell me if I'm wrong because I've, um, I've, I've I've never attended a class like that. And I think it would be so empowering. I know that's a buzzword that's overused these, this day and age too, but it's creating mm-hmm. like this safe space to experience those things that maybe is, uh, it, 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 they can experience pleasure, even though they had some of these situations or traumatic experiences happen in their childhood or throughout their life. And I think that's, that's, a, there's not a lot of folks other than therapists that, give folks the outlet if they have suffered these, these traumas. So I think that's really amazing work that, that you're doing. Are you still doing those classes? Um, yes and no. I mean, I'm not, I don't currently have anything, uh, any of those on the roster, but I still currently do that kind of work uh, quite a bit, actually. I think that's so, I've never heard of anything like that. I think it's amazing. And what and one thing that I've shared on the podcast too is someone who um, was I, I, I when I was ten I think I like saw a Melrose Place episode and there was a rape scene and I was really turned on and I you know and and I didn't really know why and um, and I don't have uh, a lot of sexual trauma other than like some compliant sex that really didn't feel good I didn't feel valued I didn't stand up for myself but I still was consenting and it wasn't violent but it was still um, co- coercion or um, you know etc and but it was you know this 10 year old getting really turned on by the idea of this rape fantasy um, that still to this day is a big part of my spank bank. Um, and so I think that's just one of the things I wanted to highlight there too, is for a lot of folks who think that um, people who have uh, any sort of fantasy, that it must speak to something in their life terrible that had happened, you know, that it has to mm-hmm. always come right. from that place. Right. right. And, and it just, it's so fascinating the way the mind, the body works together that we can see or hear something and we can eroticize it in a way that just really turns us on. Um, and it could be come from, from something that's really positive or that we associate as positive, or we could see or hear something that is actually, or experiencing that's, that's really painful and we can eroticize that too. It's kind of like our, our, our body, mind, body's way of, of working with it. It's like a right. process, part right. of the processing system. Yeah. So, you know, um, uh, the body keeps the score, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just body memory. It's also about, um, uh, the psychological processes, the the, neuro, uh, the neurons that get uh, that fire differently uh, from different experiences, and uh, here at the Minax Method, we say that uh, everything is on a spectrum, right? So whatever your fantasy is, uh, if it is about consensual non-consent, um, it, it could be you know as simple as just being held down saying no, 
or it could be quite elaborate with, you know, abduction, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't matter. It's all good. We're also very Marxist in our viewpoint. It is powerful for you for whatever reason, you know, and, and for the, your partner, your top in this situation to help lead you there is a, is a very, um, it's a very honorable and yet, uh, and also, you know, a very challenging space. Mm-hmm. That's why I always, uh, I, I mentioned it earlier, compassion is everything. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to make mistakes. So you try to troubleshoot as much as you can ahead of time, uh, but then learn to, and, but definitely go slow, communicate as clearly as you can. And if you, you know, if you think you're over communicating, and I do know people just would rather sit around and talk about things sometimes. And that's when I do crack the whip and say like, come on, let's, 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 let's get about our business here and, and, and do some action. Um, but there are activities that you can do that don't have to be so extreme. You can just, do you know how hard it is sometimes just having partners just stare into each other's eyes? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'll do this in BDSM workshops and they'll be like, what? what what but no I just want him to like grab me by the hair and slap the shit out of me I'm like just sit there and look in each other's eyes right now for one full minute we're just going to time this no laughing no giggling just breathe and look at each other's eyes and see how that sits with you and it's fascinating you know it's like oh I thought I was coming in here for BDS but you know what if you can't be grounded if you can't be present with your partner you're going to miss a lot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And we've had listeners ask questions before. This pertains to questions that I wish we've had, would have had you on ages ago, because people ask us and they, they come in fear about talking to their partners about some of their deep fantasies and Mm -hmm. desires. And I loved what you said, Eve, about the seeking a professional. I think that also if, if maybe your partner, you bring it up to them and they're just, they can't see you in it, or perhaps it's acceptable to be like, Hey, what about if I, if I seek out a professional to help me with some of these fantasies or desires, someone that I, I think we need to honor more of the, the, the people out there that are working in all sorts of different, uh, you know, whether they're sex workers or in the BDSM world, or um, I think that it's a level of acceptance hopefully will come. Maybe this COVID will wipe out some of the non-acceptance and we'll all just love each other more no matter what profession you're in. And uh, are, the, are professionals able to be reached like on a platform of, of like, where can you find a professional if someone does want to explore that realm? Is it just, is it? There are some good resources, but they're few and far between. NCSF, the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom, has uh, a link on their website called CAP, uh, K-A-P, and that stands for Kink Aware Professionals. Um, It's mostly uh, hands-off sort of psychotherapists who are open to that kind of work, Um, but they don't discriminate. I mean, I I should have a profile up there, but it's a bit clunky, the website, and people don't find it very easily, unfortunately. But I do highly recommend you you trying that if you, especially if you're in a a bigger city like, uh, you know, New York, Los Angeles, so you might uh, get luckier in finding um, a provider who also does more therapeutic hands-on work. Um, Then there's also TASHRA, which is the Alliance for... Uh, oh, I'm really bad with acronyms. Mm-hmm. It's uh, sexual, sexual, T-A-S-H, Alternative Sexualities Resource Alliance, something like that. Yes, Resource Alliance, Tashra. And that's more for the medical, but they also, they're very good. You know, they, they, they keep a, a close uh, eye on, on, on um, uh, professionals who also do hands-on work. It, it's it's tricky because, in all honesty, uh, somatic practicing or hands-on work is is not is a gray area, and it's not uh, as easily discussed. Some people won't even discuss it uh, on programs like this. Uh, I'm a little bit more prone to doing so because it frustrates me that there aren't more resources for people who are looking particularly for that work. Mostly. You, they need to just kind of plow through some websites. You can kind of get a feel for somebody uh, through their website if they're saying, you know, hey, I really like, you know, working with people and how and, and eradicating shame and uh, working with couples and things of that nature. Oftentimes, those are the people who, who were, are more aware of the processes that can occur and, and want to help. 
And sometimes it can just be fun. Like, check it out. You just want to like, uh, I don't know, cross dress and, and have some, some kinky sex with your partner or uh, get a little spanking on or do some role playing. It can be great fun to, to boost the, uh, the, the endorphins, the dopamine, super healthy. Uh, you're, you're doing great things for your immune system and you'll be singing a, a happier tune the next day or two or three if it lasts however long it lasts. So uh, whether it's with your professional or with your partner or, or uh, all of the above, uh, fun. There's nothing wrong with fun either. Let's let's just be clear. Yeah, I think we could all use more fun, especially right <laughs> now. We just had someone post on our Instagram. We were like, our, we posted something on Instagram about like what kind of creative sex things are you doing right now during this time? And someone's mm-hmm. comment was like, "We're just trying to survive. We're not thinking about sex right now. We're not thinking about fucking." And I'm like, "Speak for yourself." I mean, yeah, some people are not, but like right now. For a lot of folks, fun and creativity and pleasure is medicine. And it is like, I mean, mm-hmm. and not just right mm-hmm. now, just all the time. Let's talk about like the feel good endorphins that you get. And maybe it's not about connection because maybe you're isolated and you can't connect with someone else. But, you know, right now, even just with yourself, this is, um, you know, vital medicine should you choose to take it. And fun, fun is fun is some important stuff so yeah right now everyone in any ways that you can bring more fun into your life and maybe not reading all of the you know the horror stories online and and going down all the facebook feed down the rabbit hole and and getting creative in your sexy time with you know others if you have others to play with or with yourself is is it's it's good medicine humans were meant to experience the full spectrum of emotions. If we're stuck in um, only in anger or sadness, you know, then we're not in balance. We need to find joy. We need to find pleasure. We, and, and we need those things. You know, some of us find humor in, in times of distress uh, because it can, you know, a little levity can bring uh, uh, a little bit of hope and, you know, there, at times like this, we do need hope and we do need pleasure. I'm, I'm reminded of a, this is completely non-sexual, but I saw Susan Sontag uh, talk once about um, when she was in Sarajevo and there was during the war and they were like, well, how could people, they produced a play and everybody was entertaining and laughing and it's during wartime. And she's, and they're like, but how could people do that during wartime? She's like, but humans need their pleasure. They need to fulfill the, 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 the it's, a, it's, it's like hunger for us. Uh, so I appreciate that those people were having uh, a rough time. I'm having rough days and rough moments too. But, uh, you know, I forced myself in all honesty to masturbate last night. I was not in the mood, but mm-hmm. I needed that little bit of something, you know, and it helped. Mm-hmm. Can you tell our folks how they can actually work with you or learn more about you and your brilliance? You are such an amazing teacher. I feel like I want to, I wish that we had two hours with you. Well, we could probably, it's the, we're all on lockdown, but how, how can our listeners find you or, or learn more about you? We'll do, we'll do a second part when things are more organized, maybe, uh, if that sounds good to you and your listeners. But for now, evemanax.com, E-V-E-M-I-N-A-X.com. Uh, my name is who I am. So if you're on Twitter, if you're on Instagram, uh, any of those things, that's, that's how you find me. Um, the way to work with me is to just contact me directly, uh, We'll talk about what your interests are. I mean, some people uh, think that they they just want to try something one off, and then they find out that that they really it's you know it can be like going to the gym and working with a trainer. You know, once a month you you go in and you get this facilitated play that can help you. Some people really appreciate the guided journey work that I love doing. Um, uh, slow, uh, very quiet, very. Uh, internal but also very sensual and and intense like sometimes the most extreme touch is the most gentle and nuanced touch doesn't have to be a single tail or a cat of nine tails Mm -hmm. they do function very well mind you but you know um so yeah that's the current way of of working with me i'm hoping to relaunch the minx method 
perhaps on webinars. Um, so that's, that's, that's forthcoming. We're, we're, we're like all in the midst of this right now. So keeping up with my website and, and signing up for my newsletter where, where I'll have all my updates uh, occurring is probably the best way for now. Oh, and the smarts.com, mm-hmm. smarts.com, where I teach with Cleo. Uh, we have our next course in June. Hopefully, if all goes well, we might have to move it. We had to move it. It was supposed to be last weekend. Um, uh, and then we have another one in September. I'm definitely hoping, hoping that September is going to happen. Yeah, we all need it. Yeah. Oh, we sure do. Well, Eve, merci beaucoup. <laughs> we really enjoyed having you uh, on the show and sharing with our listeners your wisdom and, and um, the Minax method sounds really awesome. And I hope that we can spread that word and people check out Eve. Uh, and perhaps you'll be back again. We would love to have you. And to our listeners out there, whether you like clam chowder, gazpacho, <laughs> or you know, maybe you just like a cold tomato soup, we love you and we value you and we appreciate you. You might even like some wine from time to time. So check mm. out marginswine.com. It's local. It's beautiful. Local meaning it's Santa Cruz wine. And uh, you'll probably love it as much as Amy and I do. We drink it on the regular right now. Cheers. Uh, Cheers. If check. you're on lockdown, you might be drinking more like Amy and I are, unfortunately. Yeah, like unfortunately. <laughs> and check the show notes because there's a discount code for the wine in there. Oh, mm. yes, there is. All right, y'all. We will see you next Tuesday and next Friday at this point. All right. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.